Hi and welcome to the podcast. My name, oh my god, okay. Three, two, one. Hi and welcome to season three of the Ease with Food podcast. I'm so happy that you've chosen to join me today. My name is Shannon. I'm a registered nutritionist, nutrition counselor, and eating disorder recovery coach. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's get on with the show. I am back with another episode and I'm also just back from visiting a new coffee shop and going on a new walk. It was really lovely and it's a really lovely sunny day. I just had a nice piece of cake and a nice coffee and a nice your GP to talk about maybe support that you could have on the NHS. It might be booking an appointment with myself or another you know clinic um whatever that might be I hope that it can help you and let's dive in so I decided to record this episode because I meet a lot of people and receive a lot of emails from people who they're just not really sure if what they're struggling with is disordered or not and the summary and spoiler alert for this episode the summary is is that if you think you're struggling with disordered eating you most likely are because and also you're probably struggling more than you think you are because the majority of people that I meet think they're struggling like a one out of ten and actually they're probably struggling more like a seven out of ten when we really get into it So before we dive into how to accept if you have disordered eating, I thought I would just briefly mention maybe some some questions I'm often asked around this subject. So number one, what is disordered eating versus an eating disorder? Okay, so there's those different definitions out there and there's probably like a more eloquent, easy way to define it, but I think that the main difference is disordered eating is more you can still continue to live your life to some extent like definitely not fully but you can still commit to living your life to some extent whereas an eating disorder has more infiltrated in all areas of your life and you can't like function as a human being anymore that sounds a little bit harsh but that's ultimately what it is and eating and your relationship to food are on a sort of like a scale so on one end of things is normal healthy eating or healthy relationship to food I should say and then on the other end is an eating disorder and then disordered eating is somewhere in the middle now the exact like statistics are difficult to know because most research into disordered eating is on like clinical eating disorders mostly with like very neat population groups so like eating disorder research tends to be in young college or like university age students and the research tends to be um based in the US as well so that's why I said college just by the way and so that's what all the research in disordered eating is usually based upon and it's mainly in clinical eating disorders so Rates of disordered eating are pretty much unknown. The numbers that I know, which are like the most up-to-date ones, are that between 30 to 80% of people have some level of disordered eating. Now, what is that disordered eating? Well, it really depends on how you define it. 
because for someone like me who is very aware of disordered eating, I see disordered eating as many things that others see as normal. So, you know, I see being on a diet and trying to lose weight as a form of disordered eating. I see planning out what you're going to eat that week meticulously and, you know, not not hoping that you don't go off of your set meals that you've made that week. Like I see that as disordered, um, which you might think, oh, that's not disordered. That's just like being healthy. Well, it's all about the intention that you have behind it. If it's about controlling your body, controlling your weight, controlling food intake, that's ultimately all disordered, right? And disordered is quite a fueled word, but I kind of just mean funky, right? I just kind of mean like it's not, it's not, um, like it's not healthful, you know? So when I say disordered, I'm not kind of seeing that like, oh, you're, you're disordered, right? Like I'm saying it more like, oh, like something, something's going on here. Hopefully a little bit more neutral, if you can imagine. And, um, you know, people will get in touch with me because maybe they'll come across my website or they'll come across um, some blogs that we've written online and they'll be like, oh, like, do I have disordered eating? I'm not sure. These are the things I'm struggling with. Um, and they'll always kind of caveat like, I don't think I have an eating disorder, but I think I'm struggling with something. And what I will say is that there is a very fine line between disordered eating and an eating disorder. And like I said before, eating disorders are when your life is super duper impacted by your relationship to food and your functioning is usually pretty low. And you it's not like you go from normal eating to disorder to an eating disorder you can be a completely normal eater and go straight to eating disorder you can move between the two depending on what's going on in your life so it's really really common for someone to have always had a bit of disordered eating um maybe they're kind of between normal and disordered and <clears throat> then they kind of have like a life experience like they maybe go to university or they start a new job or they become a parent or they start dating or whatever. And then they kind of move towards eating disorder. And then over their life, they kind of go between eating disorder and disordered eating. And they're just kind of moving between them both. So, you know, I know that there are clinical diagnoses and, um, kind of set criterias for things but your relationship to food is always going to change and it's never going to be set in one place forever it really depends on what's going on in your life so just because you're like oh well I've been I've had a tougher time with my relationship to food in the past so maybe it's not that bad right now you know just like um all like self-care practices, just like all things that we do to take care of ourselves, sometimes the best time to take action is when you're feeling a bit better. So if you're someone who it has been worse in the past, maybe it's time to take action now so that you don't go back to when it was worse. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, well, I just kind of answered a few 
things and talked about a few things I usually hear about this topic. So like hopefully that's helpful. But the bottom line is that disordered eating is super duper common. Um, don't quote me on this because this isn't really like there's no research paper that says this because this isn't how research works. This isn't what they're studying. But disordered eating is more common than normal eating. And actually, when people think of normal eaters, like someone with a good relationship to food, often what they're actually seeing is disordered eating. And what they're seeing is more like, oh, they eat really healthy. They don't snack. They only sometimes eat quote unquote bad foods. Like it's all about the intention that someone has behind it. So let's dive into some ways for you to accept that you're struggling with disordered eating. And I guess you might be wondering, like, why why do I need to accept it? Well, um, you don't need to accept it because you can do what you like. But this is for if you want to move ahead and overcome disordered eating, if you want to feel better with food and with your body. And just because you accept it doesn't mean you need to take action just yet. Maybe it's not the time. Maybe it will be the time in a few months or a year or whenever. But you can have awareness that there's a problem and not do anything about it yet. That's fine. So let's dive into a few of the ways I think you can accept it. And I think I have around, I have a, a note of five so let's see how many we get I might add some as we talk but so I think the first one is to educate yourself so like like I just did in this episode learn like learning about eating disorders disordered eating and the ways that it can show up that is already helping you to accept that that might be what you're struggling with it can help like validate and show that what you're going through maybe isn't normal and the thoughts and the feelings and the behaviors that you have around food and your body like maybe there is a struggle going on that needs support I think that this also goes into recognizing that your relationship to food is fluid like I said before so there might be some days that things are okay and there might be some days that things are really bad it might be worth noticing what is happening on those days that things are really difficult and that's all about educating yourself as well and I guess to educate yourself on the like forms of disordered eating the consequences and um struggles that you might be facing I would probably recommend like a self-help book so I always recommend the intuitive eating book I think that is really 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 helpful and there's also another book that's called Eight Keys to Eating Disorder Recovery by Caroline Costin. I'm going to link both of those below. And I think they're both really helpful at recognizing that what you're struggling with is disordered eating. And they both, you know, they're, they're self-help books. So they'll both help you like make change and discover the things that you want to change. Um... I would probably recommend if you're someone who's more, if you're someone who more identifies as a dieter, I would probably recommend the intuitive eating book. 
Whereas if you're someone who more recognizes themselves struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating, I would recommend the eight keys to eating disorder recovery, just because they use a little bit of different language in them. And I think that can be like validating for your experience to choose the one that makes most sense. All right, number two, this is kind of similar, but I think reflection is key. I think that you should take some time to reflect on your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors around food, weight, body image, and just like how all of these things have impacted your life. And think about it on like a big scale. You know, while we're talking about your relationship to food, those impact everything. Those impact your career, your studies, your family life, your relationships. They impact how you feel about yourself. Like it's not just how you eat or how you think about food, it's everything. So notice any patterns that you've always had and like how these things have impacted in your life and have some kind of honest self-reflection time that this is a struggle and that maybe one day you do want to move away from this. We have a free worksheet that might be helpful for you. It's called How Has Dieting and Restriction Impacted You? So I will pop that in the show notes and you can use that to check in and reflect on your disordered eating. Um, and you can refer back to it when you, you know, are, th- are thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I'm struggling. You can kind of see it in, you know, black and white that that is what you're struggling with. So I'll pop that in the show notes for you. The third one is I think that you should share with someone what's going on with you. So maybe you should open up to someone that you trust. And that might be a friend. It might be a family member. Of course, it can also be a professional as well. But I think that you should share your experience with someone and they can support you and validate you. You know, it's important that you tell someone who you feel could be non-judgmental and understand him. It might be that you share with someone who has also experienced disordered eating and maybe they can help you like notice some behaviors that you might be doing that they've noticed. And, you know, this is all to do with education and reflection as well. So yeah, sharing with someone who you trust, I think is a good one. Number four, I think that you should practice self-compassion. Remember that struggling with disordered eating isn't like a personal failure and it's not a reflection of your worth as a person. Like I said, disordered eating is super duper common and disordered eating is more common than normal eating in this world. You know, practice self-compassion by acknowledging that healing your relationship to food is going to be a journey. It's going to take time and effort. And you can pursue it whenever you're ready. And my final tip is on the note of recovery, I would recommend like exploring what kind of support you might want in the future, just so you know there's an open door for you at any point. This obviously can be professional help from, you know, someone like us at Ease Nutrition Therapy, which is my clinic. Obviously, we have therapists, dietitians, nutritionists, eating disorder recovery coaches, um, and we can help you in your recovery. Um, It might also be like someone else, um, whoever you feel comfortable with, whoever you feel like 
um, you know, they align with me and the kind of approach that I'm looking for in recovery. It might be that you want to chat with your GP or you might want to chat to like another kind of professional, whatever you want to do. And with their expert, with their expertise and their support, you can move through your recovery in whatever way is right for you. And just because you reach out to someone and kind of put feelers out there, it doesn't mean that you need to go ahead with recovery straight away. Maybe it's like you're gonna like have a look on someone's website and read about support. And then when you're ready, you can like get in touch to book an appointment. That's totally fine. There's no like rush to do anything straight away. It's just so you've got the idea in your brain that there is like support out there that you can heal and grow and you know, develop a healthy relationship to food. Okay. I mean, I think those are all the tips I have. And I mean, there are, of course, other things that you can be doing as well. Um, so maybe I'll add a bonus step in here, which is going to be all about like taking care of yourself. So, you know, things like journaling can be really helpful to write down your experiences with disordered eating, to write down um, the impact that this is having on you when things are tough. It can be self-care to do with, um, you know, maybe engaging in some coping skills. We spoke about coping skills with the hope space. You can listen to that episode about coping skills. And ultimately, just validating yourself. Validate, validate, validate. Because what you're going through is, sadly, very common. And, you know, you can reflect on how you got here. But in my experience disordered eating has always just been a way for you to cope and actually it's been the thing that you needed at the time so ultimately understanding and reflecting and making peace that you are struggling with disordered eating it's very common you're going to show yourself compassion you're going to take care of yourself you're going to reach out for support when you need it ultimately that's all you can do right and it's a huge deal to accept that you have disordered eating because most people live with disordered eating their whole lives and they just kind of ignore it and they like whiz past it. So it's a really big deal that you're trying to accept it. It might be a long journey for you to, you know, accept it and begin to move forward with recovery. Um, you know, it takes most people a few tries at going towards recovery to fully make it. So like... It's, it's fine if there's bumps and there's blips and maybe you're not ready. That's totally fine. I hope this episode has been helpful to bring you some clarity on how you might accept your struggles. Feel free to email me if you need to. My email's in the show notes. Feel free to reach out with us if you'd like to chat about support. I wish you well on this road ahead and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.